0: Hey, welcome back. to the Fully Live Athlete Pastor channel. This is Justin speaking, and we are on day number 153 of the Online Bible Reading Club series. We're going to be looking at 2 Chronicles 17 and 18, and John 13, 1 through 20. So today we'll be starting in the Old Testament, and each remember each uh, lesson, each video we, is a basically a commentary, which is either going to be a preview for the text you're reading in the Daily Bible Reading Plan, which is linked in the description below, uh, or it's a review if you've already read it, so maybe pick up on things you might have missed, uh, or to just orient you to where we are in the story of redemptive history. Uh, as the you know, the Bible is an unfolding progressively and organically of the revealed will of God for the salvation of his people. Now, uh, where we are in the Old Covenant uh, in this reading really takes uh, us uh, into a contrast of two kings. You have Jehoshaphat who is now the king of uh, Jerusalem, essentially, Judah, the southern kingdom of Israel. Uh, and this is uh, marked by better kings and the chroniclers um, you know, uh, pointing to the Davidic connections uh, that these kings have. But the northern kings are illegitimate and rivals. And uh, this all happened due to some nastiness with uh, Rehoboam, who was the descendant of David and Solomon and uh, drove the, uh, the nation to really divide. But nonetheless, we get into it, and you've got Jehoshaphat meeting with Ahab, who is like the worst. you got one of the better ones, Jehoshaphat, uh, in the south, but one of the worst of the worst, Ahab. And remember, Ahab had Jezebel as his wife and was one of the big, uh, of course, thorns in the flesh on the side of Elijah. Just go back to First uh, Kings uh, 16, 17, that area. And you'll see the big confrontation between the prophets of Baal and Elijah at Mount Carmel as uh, one of the key stories there where Ahab is the main protagonist. But uh, nonetheless, you see, what's funny about this chapter in uh, 18 particularly uh, is that uh, Jehoshaphat and Ahab are meeting. And this is not a good idea uh, for Jehoshaphat. It's one of the worst things he did. In fact, we'll see the next time that uh, Jehoshaphat is confronted by one of the prophets about this uh, alliance where he's helping the northern king, uh, and, and so they're assisting one another. Uh, but anyway, uh, Ahab uh, and, is trying to convince Jehoshaphat to help him in this battle, uh, this war that they have going on. And so Jehoshaphat righteously says, well, is this the Lord's will? I mean, let's talk to the prophets about it. And so uh, he, so he, Ahab brings in his guys, uh, and he's like, well, is there anyone else? Uh, to ask, you know, the prophets, right? The, so the so the way it works is there's a prophet, priest, and king structure in the Old Testament. Those are the anointed offices, and eventually Christ is going to be uh, the, the coming together of those threefold anointed offices in the one person, the Christ, the anointed one, right? So, but the way it works is the king, according to Deuteronomy uh, 17 and 18, is to be uh, underneath the word of God. He's not autonomous and sovereign over all people and he himself is subject to the word of God. And so the prophet is to keep the king uh, obedient and following the will of God and, and his demands, his law, right? So anyway, so Ahab, quite, quite humorously, says, well, there's Micah, uh, Micaiah, uh, well, and he doesn't ever say anything I like, so I don't ask him. Well, but Joseph's like, well, let's get him in, let's get him. So, so anyway, uh, Micah, Micaiah gets uh, eventually thrown in uh, prison, uh, by Ahab for saying exactly the the thing that the Lord had to say uh, to him, and uh, Micaiah, uh, you know, ends up in prison. But uh, Micaiah gets it does convince uh, Ahab to go uh, and and uh, into, into battle, and this is going to be his undoing. Finally, we get to see Ahab have some justice, right? And that's interesting because Jehoshaphat's name is actually uh, Yah, you know, Joe, Joe, Je- 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 you know, it's so Jehovah, right? Uh, you know. God, uh, the name of God, the covenant name of God, uh, and then Shaphat judges. So God judges. and So uh, this is a truth that we can see here that, you know, sin may get away for a while and, this, and the rebellion against God may get away for a while, but eventually God does judge. And you see that in this battle as you read it, Ahab cannot get away from the Lord's judgment, which has been prophesied uh, upon him, and he is, uh, he meets his demise here, uh, which is, uh, to be honest, uh, really just a, a, a shadow of the ultimate justice that we will have to bear uh, for our sins. Uh, death uh, is just the first death, uh, will not compare it to the second death. And we'll get to that as we go through and see Scripture unfold is that the death that is promised, which is separation from God and all the accompanying miseries, uh, culminates in the ultimate second death, right? But see, as we go to the New Testament today, we see that Christ is going to spare his people, his disciples, from the second death. So as you see here uh, in John 13, it's a really heartwarming passage about how the Son of Man, the Anointed One, uh, the Son of God, the Eternal Son of God, uh, always known the love and fellowship with his Father and giving and uh, self-giving love, he stoops down, takes up his garments, uh, and bends down on his hands and knees and washes the feet of his disciples. And Peter, of course, is like, well, you shouldn't be washing my feet, right? Uh, and he says, well, if, uh, Jesus says to him, well, if I don't wash you, then you have no part with me. Uh, and so he says, well, not just my feet then, but but wash all of me, you know, and then, you know, if you know the story, you know, Peter uh, is, uh, Jesus responds back to Peter, and he's like, yeah, hey, a guy who's you know, had a bath, you know, only needs to wash his feet here. What Jesus is saying is, I'm going to wash uh, the part of you that's perpetually dirty. Ultimately, I'm going to wash your heart. Uh, as he says in John 7, or we read earlier, uh, the one who believes is going to have like the, the spirit flowing, uh, like rushing waters from his heart, right? So you see that uh, there's going to be a new heart given to those who are uh, believers in Christ, who turn to the Lord from their sin. And Jesus is going to wash them. Uh, and so that's the thing here is that, Jesus uh, is ultimately the, the the bigger and better Micaiah, right? We saw in the Old Testament. He will tell us the, the revealed will of God, which is the stuff we don't want to hear, unlike those false prophets that Ahab had gathered around him telling him what he wanted to hear. Uh, no one likes to hear how dirty they are, uh, or he or she is, because uh, that's not popular. What we want to hear is, uh, you know, uh, you're you're uh, you you're, you're you're enough, you know. And this is what what the Bible says is you're not enough. You're dirty. You're underneath the the judgment of God and your sin, and you will have to bear justice for that. God will judge. And the thing is, is that God will judge. And what will make us clean? The only thing that will make us clean is that Christ will bear the judgment upon us. God Himself in the second person of the Trinity will take on the judgment that will cleanse us of all sin because it will be a full and definite atonement for our sins. So there you go, that's, there you have it. I hope that's helpful. It'll give you a little biblical theological uh, primer toward the significance of what Jesus is saying in the uh, washing of the feet. Now his actions uh, as a prophet would not only say things, but he would do word acts, right? So, you got the word revelation, the spoken word that the prophets would do, but you'd see often in the Old Testament, which we'll see as we we get into the prophets very soon, uh, you'll see that they do word acts or demonstrations uh, of their bodies and and, and actions to communicate the will of God as well. And that's what the the true prophet, the anointed one, Jesus, is doing here by stooping down and washing his disciples' feet. And he says, You know what? You're going to wash one another's feet, Uh, you're to do so as well. As we serve one another, we image the one who serves us. And as, as he teaches us in the Lord's Prayer, uh, Father, uh, forgive us of our sins. As we forgive those who sin against us, uh, we will, uh, as we have been forgiven, we, we forgive others. Uh, as well as Christ has loved us, we will love others. As he washes us, we will wash and serve others. So uh, consider that. I hope that's helpful to you as you get into this text today. Uh, let's wash the feet. You know, the, the, we have a certain. Savior, uh, who uh, is humble and lowly, meek and lowly, and He washes feet. What a glorious Savior we have—the uh, one who comes to wash us of our sins uh, and cleanses each one. So, thank you for listening along. We'll keep on reading through the Bible and uh, with you, and I hope that it encourages you to to continue to uh, get into God's Word and come to know uh, the Lord and Savior, the Anointed One, Jesus Christ. All right, take care. See you next time on the Online Bible Reading Club.